And I'm thinking we're surrounded in water. The mist of the fog, the rain, the ocean. Wow. I am. I'm loving it in every form, every shape and form, because water is life. And we're, I don't know how many percent water, but a lot. <laughs> so at this time, with that beautiful sense of grounding, with that music, we get to welcome our guest speaker this morning, Reverend Catherine Socks. She's a, she was a licensed practitioner for 15 years before becoming a minister. While a practitioner, Reverend Catherine chaired the leadership councils of the Tucson and Oakland centers, as well as being the practitioner representative and corporate secretary of the National Board for the United Church of Religious Science. She was instrumental in creating the Professional Practitioners, Practitioners Association and served as its president until the creation of the Practitioner Corps following the UCRS redesign project. At that time, Reverend Catherine worked with Reverend Dr. Kathy Hearn, the then community spiritual leader, to draft the charter for the new Practitioner Corps and establish its first membership. Reverend Catherine received her minister's license in August 2014 and immediately became the interim minister for her home church, the Oakland Center for Spiritual Living. She served in that capacity for nine months, working for a smooth transition for the incoming spiritual leader, Reverend Jeff Anderson. She then transferred to the Golden Gate Center for Spiritual Living, where she continues as a staff minister. Reverend Catherine also writes daily guides and articles for the Science of Mind magazine, and we are so blessed to have her this morning to deliver our inspirational Sunday talk. Thank Reverend you. Catherine Socks. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for being here. We so appreciate it. This is great. This is my first time here, and it's beautiful. You have a wonderful community, obviously. So today, speaking about transformation. Um, and when I think of transformation, I think of the done deal. Transformation. And to get us there, I'm going to start with a bit of a story. An Amish boy and his father were visiting a mall. They were amazed by almost everything they saw, but especially by two shiny silver walls that could move apart and back together again. The boy asked his father, what is this, father? And the father, never having seen an elevator before, responded, son, I have no idea what this is. I've never seen anything like it. So while the father and the son were watching, wide-eyed, an elderly lady, limping slightly with a cane, slowly walked up to the moving walls and pressed a button. The walls opened, and as the boy and the uh, son watched them, the lady walked between those walls into a small room. The walls closed. Then the boy and his father watched as small circles of light with numbers lighted up the wall, above that wall, and they continued to watch as the little lighted circles came back down in the reverse direction. And then the walls opened up again, and out stepped a beautiful 24-year-old woman. <laughs> the father said, son, go get your mother. 
<laughs> I couldn't help it. I had to do that. <clears throat> and thinking about transformation, I came up with what appeared to me to be two ways of transformation. And I'll start with the first one, which is what I call BAM. This is the road to Damascus kind of thing. Dramatic, light voice from the clouds and the sky. It knocks you off your horse. And it literally transforms everything about you immediately. Everything you are, everything you think. I'll tell you, this is what is in the Bible about this. This is about Saul of Tarsus, as he was known then, later St. Paul. But as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they couldn't see anyone. Paul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So the men led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. So, that's a mystical experience of transformation. The second kind of transformation is what I would call more human. And this is often about a long period of falling deeper and deeper into a hole until one day you kind of come to yourself and realize, I can't stay in this hole anymore. And you find a means to be able to crawl out and stand again. And I think what best epitomizes this second process of a more human-based, laborious transformation is the story of the prodigal son. I think we all know the prodigal son story from the Bible. Yes? No? Okay, we'll start with it. So the prodigal son, being young and ambitious, asks his father for his inheritance now. And he grabs everything he can get. And not many days after, the younger son gathered it all together, journeyed to a far country, and he there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent it all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and the citizen sent the boy into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. When the man boy came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he arose, and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him 
and had compassion and came running to him and fell upon his neck and kissed him. I love that part. He didn't even have to knock on the door. So both ways of transformation have their merits. Mystical transformation or gradual wisdom. But neither of them is easy or without pain. St. Paul was blind and in a seeming coma for three days. The prodigal son couldn't hit any lower. Remember, he was a Jew, and the Torah forbids Jews to have anything at all to do with swine. And here he was, living in their pens with them and envying them the slop that they ate. Couldn't get any worse for a little Jewish boy there. You know, so either way, through mystical immediate experience or hard-won laborious inner work, transformation does happen. So often when we speak of transformation, I think everybody's on board because often I think we speak of transformation and I think of things like the butterfly and that is a very common metaphor for what we see. It is one of the most astounding and extraordinary instances of transformation in this world that we can speak about. After all, who doesn't want to be a butterfly? It's beautiful. It's free. It's light. It's whimsical. Hmm. So the word transformation kind of applies to that, that end product, that gorgeous butterfly. And so that final product of the either mystical BAM or the laborious inner work, there it is. I think we are not prepared to spend as much time thinking about the primal goop that caterpillar becomes before it becomes a butterfly. And the, the physical matter, the chemical stuff of this transformation is amazing because even in that goop, the caterpillar literally dissolves and even the cells of its being change so that what comes out is very different from what went in. That's a process that is kind of messy and it's not as much fun to look at. Hmm. Let's contemplate that primal goop for just a moment. The word transformation and the word change are inextricably linked. The word transformation makes us smile. The word change, not so much maybe. How many people here like change? Oh, more than I would have thought. Well, <laughs> hmm. I am embarrassed by the number of claw marks on doorways that I did not want to go through. I guess I'm more the prodigal daughter type than the road to Damascus, fall off my horse, and ban there I am person. Hmm. But get through those doorways I did, because as we know, change is the only constant, correct? Change is the only constant. So you're either going to walk through the door or you're going to be dragged. I have been dragged with the best of them. And it helps to recognize, though, when I'm thinking about change, that change is the evidence of the gift of spirit. 
that says we are always at choice. Every choice creates a new opportunity, a new possibility. Frankly, change is freedom in action. Freedom in action. The goop is real, the butterfly is real. The process can take many different forms. But just as real as the shifts in consciousness that we make in order to become something new, bigger, greater, more loving, better. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Change is inevitable, but transformation is optional. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But for right now, what I'd like us to do, if you'll join with me and if you're comfortable in doing so, just a very, very short meditative process. So if you like to close your eyes, please do so. If not, it's okay too. But what I'm going to ask you to do is very quietly in your mind's eye, go back to who you were when you were in grade school, say fourth and fifth grade. And think for a few moments about how you were, who you were. Who were your friends? What did you like to do? And in your mind's eye, now move yourself into high school. Very different. Maybe new friends, new activities, new ideas. And now move yourself into the next stage, whether it be college or a training program, or whatever it was that you did as a young adult preparing yourself to stand in the world. Hmm. Consider yourself as you were in your 20s. Really feel it. And then your 30s and move it forward. Bringing yourself into the place where we are now, at this age, at this time. Are you the same person now as you were in fifth grade? No, of course not. You can come back to the room. Because you see and you know that we have been evolving and changing every minute since we landed here. It is the nature of life itself. This is from Dr. Ernest Holmes, our founder. We are all living in a world of continual change, a world in which thought, thing, and experience are all in a constant state of flux. It is the very nature of the universe that there should be continual change and variation. It is a living world, the creation of a living creative intelligence, not a static world created by some god now dead or departed who has left it to decay. No. It is vital and alive, and the mind that created it is not apart from it, but is always active in and through it. So, we know this, we know this, and yet most often many of us tend to resist change because it's hard. It's hard. What seems to be our 
tendency is to overestimate what we have and underestimate what we can gain. Everybody wants to be somebody. But few people want to grow in order to do it. That primal goop is a scary thing. But consider this. Right now, your current safe boundaries were once unknown frontiers to you. I'm going to repeat that. Your current safe boundaries were once unknown frontiers. So willy-nilly, we are doing this. Huh. Socrates said something pretty smart. The secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And so this is what I meant when I said transformation is op optional while change is inevitable. We all change. It is the nature of life itself. But do we always transform? I believe that transformation takes us to a different level of willingness. It's almost as if we enter into that leap of faith, into an unknown that is more than change. It is more than evolution. It is a willful intention and an acceptance that cracks us open so that the chrysalis that we've been in allows us to emerge as a butterfly. When we do the practice, the spiritual practice of visioning, and I, th I know probably all of you here have done it or know about it, there is, for me, a very particular question that I think is elemental to the idea of transformation, and it's this. We ask, what do I need to become in order to live this vision? What must I release? What must I embrace? So the vision is there, but it's all about me. Do I reach for it? Do I become it? Am I willing to fall off my horse, go live in this pig pens, whatever it takes to be able to get there? That's transformation. So it's always about looking forward, looking ahead, and reaching out. It is that activity of spirit that is the metaphysical, chemical, and physical mysteries that transform us. You know, we can lie on a green hillside watching the clouds go by in a very beautiful blue sky. And it's really nice when we can do that. That's all part of the yin and the yang and the ebb and flow of life. We need those times of respite and rest. But lying on the hillside like that, watching the clouds go by, is just that. It's a parenthesis. It's not the ongoing sentence of your life. Hmm. Growth, which is life doing its thing, requires activity and learning and experiences. I mean, a ship is always safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are built for. I think the same could be set up human beings. We can be safe and protected and stay small that's not what we're here to be or to do. We are here to change, to transform, to be different, to be more. 
And it takes living in the world to do that. St. Teresa of Avila said something that I thought was very surprising, considering that she is, after all, a saint. She said, to reach something good, it is useful to have gone astray and thus acquire experience. I think that lady must have had more to her backstory than they usually tell us. But her words are the story of my life, having gone astray, having held on to those doorways, having been dragged sometimes, but here I am. And I am so grateful to know that I no longer do that, that I am more reaching out rather than holding on. I mean, I haven't clawed a doorway in weeks. You know? <laughs> And as we sit here this morning, my story of transformation, my, my urge to encourage us to transform is all about the willingness to move into the goop, to fall off the horse, to enter the pigsty, whatever it takes, because the end result is the butterfly. The 24-year-old woman stepping out of the elevator. <laughs> it is the more than, the different not just more, but something radically altered. And that is the truth of who we are. And so today, may your goop be blessed <laughs> as you become the butterfly that your soul desires you to be. And may the pain of change come only from resistance. And may your transformation be worth every blessed second. Namaste. Thank you.